Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. We're really excited uh, for this show, this Easter show, where we're going to be talking about what Jesus did after his resurrection. Yeah, we're going to take you on a step-by-step account of the biblical narrative of what he did after Easter until the Ascension. And we're going to ask, did he appear to Mary first? What was his transfigured body like? And what were all the times that he appeared to the apostles after the resurrection? So prepare yourself for one of the most powerful episodes where we, in this octave of Easter, will encounter the resurrected Christ. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia. man we're really excited to have you guys back on the talk show uh great topic um you know uh this is something that uh we're all you know as a church we're all you know meditating on this Mm -hmm. this easter i've always been fascinated about each account of the experience of the apostles uh, with jesus resurrected from the tomb these become such powerful moments of god's mercy the manifest mercy of god yeah it's one of the most it's one of the most powerful things that's ever happened in in human history, and to really understand each one of these appearances and what a resurrected Christ would do and the fulfillment of the plan of salvation and how that looked from an actual on earth period, it's, it's mind-blowing to consider, and it's something that I think is tragically not meditated on enough. It's so true. I think of transfiguration. I got to spend a little bit of time on top of Mount Tabor praying as well as I was able to preach as well, which was really, really cool in the Moses chapel. Mm. Um, But it's true. Like how often are we thinking about what our resurrected bodies can do? Well, this gives us a glimpse and a lens to be able to look to Jesus, our savior, who is that form of the resurrected body that we will truly live in when we, when God through his mercy will accept us into heaven. So not only do we, we look at this and, and understand this and and spiritually, but we can also look at this from a physical standpoint to to kind of point towards what a physical reality of the resurrected body is like. That's cool. And talk about an argument for like the resurrection of the body. Like it's, it's It's part of the creed. Yeah. It's part of the creed. And it was a debated item throughout Mm -hmm. Judaism for many, many years. There were different schools of thought. Yeah. Even in society today, I think most people think they become spirits Mm -hmm. and they really reject the idea of the the actual resurrection of the body and the reunification of the spirit and Mm -hmm. the body in the resurrection. And um, that is really contrary to what the Catholic Church teaches. We are spirit and body. That is what we are. When we die, we are not released from our body. Our body is not a jail that meant to release us into some sort of Elysian fields like we're the Greeks, where we are not that. We are a very incarnational person, and understanding our Lord's resurrection is very important for us understanding what we're going to be like when we are hopefully resurrected. And yeah. I think now when you have your transfigured body, I think you're going to finally be able to dunk. Oh, yeah. that would be wonderful. And, and do I bring my plantar fasciitis with me to heaven? <laughs> because I don't like it. I don't think it's going to happen. No, you're going to be... Oh, yeah. Be, you, Super. You're going to be healed. Yeah, baby. Oh, that's going to be right. beautiful. So that's now before, great. <laughs> now before we get into it, do you yeah. want to tell everyone how they can follow us? Well, my brothers and sisters, we want to thank you so much. Again, we're at the U Catholic Studios and we want you to subscribe on all of our platforms. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, as well as connecting with us through 
every means of communications out there. Spotify, iTunes, we're on Stitcher, Google Play, and we want you to connect with us and the YouTube audience, too. We have a beautiful studio now. We're just so grateful for being in this space. So if you're only listening in, stop by on YouTube today and check us out. And if you can support us as we continue to grow the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Catholic Talk Show to give us a little support as well. And we just thank you so much sincerely from the bottom of our hearts. Well, happy Easter, guys. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, Resurrexit, sicut dixit. He is Hallelujah. risen. Oh, amen, man. Praise Indeed, him. he is risen. Oh, amen. Indeed, yeah. he is risen. So today we're going to talk about, so we just got off, we just got done with Easter and I hope everyone had a really blessed and awesome Easter. But now what? I think for a lot of people, they consider after this long sprint of Lent, where they they really ponder the, for those 40 days, the the passion and the mm-hmm. ministry of our Lord. And then Easter and the Triduum, they're, they're pondering the crucifixion and the resurrection. But I think then after Easter, people say it's done. But yeah. that was not the end of the story. Yeah. That was really... Where the story really picks up right mm-hmm. there. Easter is not the cutoff date in the story of Christ. Yeah, um, he physically was resurrected and lived on Earth for forty days. Mm-hmm. That is such a crazy. It's yeah. it's mind boggling yeah. to even consider. And it's it's true. We underemphasize even you know even just in our de- yeah devotionally we underemphasize what happened. You know, Divine Mercy Sunday, we go right to St. Thomas, which is, which is beautiful. Right. right? But you know, like throughout the 40 days, we do so well as church from Ash Wednesday through the 40 days of Lent, Mm -hmm. but we really don't put in the energy and the effort to dig deeply into the articles of our faith. Some of the most important points, people, you know, like the resurrection of Jesus. And let's change that this year. Let's yeah. really take this seriously and and really dig in deep. So where are we going to start with the the first experience? So what we did is we prepared chronologically, according to scripture and tradition, the chronological order of all the appearances of Christ after the resurrection in the order that they have happened. Mm-hmm. Now, this one is not recorded in the Gospels, but it is traditionally the first appearance of the risen Lord. And that was to... His mother. His mother. Mm-hmm. That's right. And can you can you imagine that? Like just you you know, you look at the Pieta yeah, and yeah. you look at Mary and Jesus and and just like him just returning that the embrace that mm-hmm. they must have shared. Mm-hmm. I was telling you guys about that that play I went to, The Cross and the Light. It's a beautiful um play. And and they show that, right? They show him coming back, hugging his mother. And I was just overcome with emotion because I never meditated on that. Mm-hmm. Right. I love Mary. I love Jesus. Uh, you know, the suffering, the Pieta, and then this, mm-hmm. this encounter, right. It's just amazing to just dwell on, you know, the stations of the cross, you know, where, where Mary and Jesus meet on yeah. that Via Crucis, you know, I, I was so touched in Mel Gibson's The Passion. Yeah. You know that scene where it yeah. just kind of clips yeah. back to uh, when Jesus falls as a child? I, I don't think I, there's any human in history that's watched that m- movie. Yeah, and you go through a box of tissues. Yeah, I you bet. go through a box If you watch that part and don't cry, you, you need to have yourself checked. Yeah, yeah. You may not have a heart that's Gosh. beating. Yeah. Um, You're a Grinch. Yeah, but that that scene, you know, connected to, you know, when Jesus was a child and her, mm-hmm. you know, falling down to the ground. Yeah. Now on the Via Crucis, clearly suffering, mm-hmm. you know, our redemption and, and you know, our blessed mother and Jesus meeting on that roadway and embracing. And then this account of the embrace. And, and you could imagine the eyes of a mother looking upon a son 
where you have seen, you know, you, you think of a kid winning a tournament or something and, and how yeah. excited or proud or, you know, you get an academic award or, you know, you get a full scholarship to a great Ivy League school or whatever. And a mother to a child would be so impressed and proud. But Jesus rose victorious from the grave and his victory over the flesh and evil. Uh, you know, just the gaze of the Blessed Mother into the eyes of Jesus at that moment. I mean, uh, so the, the, as a parent, the feeling that when, you're, when your child is, I don't know, goes out for the night or is just at school and the joy you feel when they come home, mm. could you imagine how much that's compounded when the Blessed Virgin sees the resurrected Son of God and her, and yeah. her, her own flesh and her son? Mm-hmm. A sense of relief. It's beautiful, it's, you know, yeah. and it's, just joy. It's overwhelmingly beautiful. So, so it's not in the Gospels. Right. That's what mm-hmm. I was going to say. It's like, where are we getting this Tradition. from? Obviously, so obviously th- his mother, he loved his mother, and that, that would make so much sense. Mm-hmm. But is there, you know, where so does this come from? In a lot tradition? of church doctors and, and church fathers, they all maintain this like it was a known fact. Okay. Right. It, it, the Oral way they, tradition. The way they wrote about it, it wasn't like, well, did she or didn't she? They assumed that this happened based on all the tradition of the church. So, uh, uh, Augustine, Bernardine of Siena, Ignatius Loyola, uh, Alphonsus uh, Liguori—they all wrote about this mm-hmm. that that she was the first to see the resurrected Christ. And one of the really um, one of the things that I think really strikes me about this is that during the Triduum, there was the lowest point in the history of the Church, and the Church only had one believing member, and that was Mary. Mm. Wow, that's a neat that's a neat point. Yeah, the whole entire Catholic Church for those days consisted of one person that was the Virgin Mary. And when we think of Mary as model of the church mm-hmm. and Mary in that, and how we always refer to the church and the feminine, you know, Our that, mother. that's what a beautiful it's connection. so deep to ponder. Yeah, yeah, that is. There's a really great tradition in uh, Salmona, Italy. Mm-hmm. So what they do on Easter Sunday is they have uh, a bunch of men hold a statue of Our Lady. And she's wearing black robes. Mm -hmm. And then down at the other end of the plaza, the Garibaldi Plaza, there's a statue that's covered in a shroud. And then they pull the shroud off and it's the resurrected Jesus. And then these men carrying this giant statue, (laughs) the black shrouds fall off and she's wearing bright, dazzling green vestments and doves fly off. And they run with the statue like madness. And it's like this mad... Dash. Italian dash. It it's is a dash. It's a mad Italian dash. <laughs> but the resurrected Jesus dash. Oh my God. But the joy that Our Lady runs and all of the sadness oh, gorgeous. Ex- goes away and explodes in joy. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in the Catholic faith that actually, for me, That's encapsulates awesome. oh, yeah. that. The, the magnitude of the joy that Our Lady felt. And I'll put a, a link to yes, that video. I'd but love to see it that. It is so. Yeah. It, it's a it's a theatrical representation, but man, does it nail it! It's mm, amazing. That's awesome. You Italians know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of? Do you think about and the linguine they must eat afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be amazing. Oh my goodness, of course. Could you goodness. imagine the white sauced linguine? Yeah. <laughs> Some clams in oh, there. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm. So after that, yeah. The the next one that he appeared to was. Now, this one is directly in Scripture. Who was the first to encounter the risen Lord in Scripture? Mary Magdalene. Say Mary Magdalene. Yep. Yeah. So. Rabboni. Right. Mm-hmm. And so 
she went to the tomb because of the haste that Jesus was buried in, mm-hmm. his body was not properly able right. to be prepared according to Jewish burial traditions because it was a it was a Passover. It was a Friday. Yep. They, could, and they couldn't properly prepare. So she was going back on the Sunday where she was now allowed to do those activities to finish the preparation for his for his burial that right. you know they didn't think he was coming Proper back burial. from. So she's going there and she saw, you know, the two angels outside and then Mary, um, Jesus appeared to Mary and she was the first of the apostles to see the resurrected Lord. And I don't think that the importance of our Lord appearing to a woman before even the 12 apostles can be overstated enough when people say, well, you know, the Catholic church teaches uh, a patriarchy or that the apostles are because their men are more important that that's not that's entirely not true at all. Mm-hmm. Or the criticism of uh, you know a misogynistic institution. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and especially when everything revolves around woman. You know, when mm-hmm. when you think of uh, from the very origins of Adam and Eve and the importance of Eve to humanity and to man, um, but also you know the church as as bride, the church as in the feminine, mm-hmm. our mother, etc. You know, like so much revolves around that, and Mary Magdalene being the first that uh, that he you know reveals himself. To. Mary Magdalene was the first to preach the resurrection. Right. Oh, that's she the right. ran yes, yeah. to tell the apostles. Yes. So so like okay, so he appears right. So you, you got this resurrected body. So he's mm-hmm. appearing to her. Now remember, she didn't recognize him at first. She thought he was the gardener. The gardener yeah. Wow. Which is like that's right. And then the, right. what she thought was the gardener says, "Why are you weeping, woman?" And they're like, "They've taken my Lord. Where is he?" And then she recognized him, and she realized that it was Jesus. That's an and interesting she said, point yeah. on the resurrection, mm-hmm. the because, resurrected body, right? Because right? like she thought it, she thought it was a gardener. So like, there is that appearance of human, but there's also this resurrected body mm-hmm. and she didn't recognize him. And and you know, she would recognize him in his immediately his flesh prior to oh, the yeah. resurrection. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but before she was only, but afterwards she was only able to reveal when the, the cloud was removed from her, the scales removed from her eyes. And then she recognized mm-hmm. and she exclaimed mm-hmm. Raboni teacher, you know, mm-hmm. and she went to cling to him and, mm-hmm. and he said, and this is a very, um, it's a very strange fact to me where he's like, don't cling to me because I've not yet ascended to the father. Mm-hmm. So that there's, I don't know what that means exactly yeah. to why someone should not cling to him, resur- you know, his pre-ascended post-resurrection body. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's, I don't think it's something that I could possibly know. It's a great, it's a great mystery. It is. But we were, we were even talking it's, about, you know, clinging earlier this morning, just in yeah. a conversation. And how, how people could cling to a priest or cling to a, a friend right. or cling to, you know, and we and we tend to attach ourselves to people that that almost uh, it's like, I, I feel like I'm not alone or I, I you know, <laughs> and, and that's actually one of the reasons why people the leading reason why people listen to podcasts is they feel lonely. You know, mm-hmm. that was one of the greatest statistics in, in reviewing why people listen to podcasts and 
to just take a moment and speak to all of our listeners, and there might be a number of people out there that do feel really, really lonely. And we're blessed to journey with you. And, and it's a it's a beautiful thing to have this connection and this communion on the podcast. But this is all the reason we're doing this is so that you can also develop a really sincere prayer life and, and get to know God even greater through the scriptures and through our conversations and and the encouragement that, you know, when you pray and you spend time in the response that Jesus is inviting you to receive him, to receive his resurrected body at mass in the Eucharist, you know, he wants to occupy that place in you. And my, my consideration is that Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, the, the, whole, the whole vision of how the established church is to operate, we are all supposed to intimately cling to him in that Eucharistic form that is a foretaste mm-hmm. Of what is heaven, so yeah. you know it's, that could be, yeah, that could. I be mean, a, potential a discernment, yeah. yeah. So that's that's one thing. But in all of these encounters of Jesus in His resurrected state, they are so driven in mystery, and so and I, they're they're very purposeful, yeah. very intentional. And I, I, one of my favorite parts of that whole thing is that Mary Magdalene then runs to tell the apostles. Then Peter and John come running back, and they were they specifically record that John got there first because he was younger. I just, I love the idea that John could just outrun Peter. He had some legs, man. But then I also love, but I also love that John got there first, but didn't go in. So that he waited for Peter. And I almost picture like, uh, you know, like, John's waiting at the door and Peter comes off <laughs> and, and like falls on top of him and they're like tumbling in. Like what's going on? You know, it's just, have you heard this song from Dolly Parton? He's alive. You got to listen no, to it. It uh, is absolutely amazing. It's a meditation on the room that they were holed up in, ooh. and and Jesus entering in through those doors. And yeah, I just got chills yeah. thinking about that. It's a beautiful Dolly Parton song. Or the, or Dolly John. Parton and the and the Peter just got to, he got the Dolly Parton chills. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had chills until <laughs> you Dolly got the Dolly Parton chills. Yeah, goodness oh, me, oh, what is wrong God with bless us her for making that song? Oh. Yeah. All should. right, so the next appearance. Mm-hmm. So after Mary Magdalene appeared, so it would have been more than one woman going to do the preparation of the body. So Mary Magdalene got there first, so she was she was punctual. And the other ones, and she was probably the most devoted, so she was there first waiting at, at sunset. Mm-hmm. So the other women were on their way, but Mary Magdalene already saw our Lord and started taking off to go tell the apostles. So the other women had taken off too, and... Jesus then, his second appearance was to what is collectively called the women of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And they said, um, the angel said, you're seeking Christ the crucified and he is not here uh, for he has been raised just as he said, come and see where he lay. And they went and he was not there. So then he said, they saw him and they clung to him and they they paid homage. Now, this time they were able to hold on to his feet. Mm. So I think that's another really mm-hmm. curious thing. Like, okay, first, don't touch me. Now, cling onto my feet. Mm-hmm. Almost as if there was some kind of, I'd hate to say it, but almost like a process to it or like a regenerative period or something like that. It's, it's mind-boggling but, to think of it. Yeah, and like you were mentioning clinging, there's a spiritual clinging. And so maybe, maybe that's where, mm-hmm. you know, the scales were removed from her eyes. Like, you know, that is a sort of a metaphorical way of, mm-hmm. of, of saying that you're, you, you were seeing, you're mm-hmm. seeing something with the heart, right? Mm-hmm. So it could have been something where maybe the clinging was unhealthy or I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
The other the other thing that I was considering is, you know, the women of Jerusalem on the Via Crucis, mm-hmm. you know, where, where Jesus says, do not weep for me, mm-hmm. weep rather for your children, etc. Right? Like, I think of that, and and then they're able to, in this kind of cyclical manner now... I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Have, ...have, like, this experience again. So I, I picture the same... The like, same it's way. like he was coming to comfort them. Like, like you were there for me. Yes. I'm, me come, I'm going to come back to you. I'm getting chills now. We're making progress. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's, um, that's what I think. That's what I think of when, when Jesus, how you Jesus know what he said his, his first words to them was, what's that? Do not be afraid. Yeah. So like they were weeping, said, don't weep, don't weep. And now he's back. Mm-hmm. You're their weeping is gone and do not be afraid. It's mm-hmm. just, you're right. It's so cyclical. That's it amazing. Is. And, and how merciful is our God that we have a savior in Jesus Christ, you know, and revealed the, himself. This, he reveals himself as the son of God who pursues us constantly. Yeah. You know, the, and, and he will meet us in the places where we are most afraid. He is going to meet us where we feel most broken and, yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. just so beautiful. And that's our church. Yeah, that's you know, our, church. our church. Is like you, you go to mass. Like, where's your brokenness? Bring yeah. it to them. Yeah, you know, that's the whole idea of what we're bringing to the altar. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we we bring you know the tithing of the community, the ten percent of our yeah. of our wealth. We we bring to provide for the poor and things like that. We we know the passing of the basket, but what what you're realizing, you're you're not wealthy in comparison to God. Right. God is calling this, but beyond that. You're bringing every, you know, thing that you lack, every, you know, all of your brokenness, you're bringing that to the altar and Jesus's resurrected body is right there for us to receive yeah. each and every single day. And what, what does that mean to one that feels broken? It's like, I do have a place where I am being put back together again mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and I am being remembered, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm being, you know, grafted into this body. At the altar, you know, in my brokenness, in my broken parts. Remembered. Yeah, wow. Man. That's amazing. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Remembered. Yeah. Awesome. So then after he said, do not be afraid, he said, go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They will see me there. Mm-hmm. So again, it was immediately giving that command to preach Christ resurrected. And so was he just like flying around all uh, over the place? Mm-hmm. Or was well, he like walking? Uh, like Aquinas says like... that one of the, um, one of the traits of a resurrected body is that it can Teleport. travel the speed of, of thought. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. And, dude. and interesting too. I think you think of Padre Pio and the legends that surround him Yeah, where he, you know, he's up in the air flying in the air next to, you know, during world war two, they saw him in the clouds, like uh, turn around, go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just mystical stuff or by location. You think of Padre Pio with that, with that gift of by location. This is, these are things that he started to enter into through his suffering through his priestly zeal. So we can only imagine, we, we have these traditions, we have these scriptural accounts of Jesus appearing, but how often, you know, how often did he? Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine I, I, in that I period of time. I would be dizzy if I moved at the speed of thought because of my br- <laughs> brain races. I'd be like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, you talk about getting sick in the car. <laughs> yeah, you talk about being motion sick. Finally gets, get a, he gets pretty bad motion sickness. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, whenever we're riding together, he's like, I need the windows open. He's like panting out the window like a dog. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. All right, so the next appearance, and this one I think is really kind of playful almost, mm-hmm. is on the road to Emmaus. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's, it, it's almost 
Jesus is like a little wink of humor from mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So there's two apostles and they were kind of, I think they were kind of fleeing Jerusalem mm-hmm. after like, They're wow. kicking a can down Yeah, the they're kicking a can. They're, they're, they're moping, like, right? Yeah. But the movement has ended. You know, like right. it, the, the, the movement of Jesus the Nazarene has ended to an at abrupt this halt point, to an mind. abrupt halt and then to a bloody halt. So there was fear. Yeah, they're they're skipping dodge. Yeah, like yeah. all of his followers, all of his, all of the people who loved him, you know, they're they're afraid. Yeah. So there's these two apostles, they're mm-hmm. walking down the street and they were conversing it says conversing about all the things that had occurred. And you know, the roads are not Empty. It's not two people walking. The it's a road. I mean, it's a long road, but there's other people on the road, and Jesus kind of moseys up behind them and starts listening in and kind of butts in the conversation a little bit. Now, but it says that they're kind of butts in the conversation. I like it. He moseys in and he butts in. But that's why I think it's kind of humorous and a little bit of a wink from him. Like he's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna play with them. I'm gonna give them, you know, a very, you know. Easy way to see me. But it says that their eyes were prevented from seeing that who he was, from recognizing him. And they start talking and he just kind of enters in the conversation. They don't recognize him. And he starts giving a complete theological breakdown from Moses and all the prophets of all the times that uh, prophecies of himself were, were given. And he gives a complete summa of scripture on his own self. Mm-hmm. Right. That is and we hear that too in Acts yeah. when they're, you know, and then all preaching. the way along this roadway, they go on this road to Emmaus. Right. And then they their eyes are opened up at that specific moment of the breaking, breaking of the bread. The bread. Yep. Yeah. And and just back to that Eucharistic altar, back to that Eucharistic table where we are remembered in that order. anamnesis. Yeah. That's that's the liturgical word for remembering. Do this in remembrance of me. So we are receiving the resurrected body of Christ. And I just love how the the these two followers and lovers of Jesus Christ encounter the Eucharistic table and now they commune with him in the breaking of the bread and their fear is dissipated and is removed. Now they are reanimated by that communion with Christ. And that's where we find our place of belonging and where we also in in that cyclical manner come back to Jesus who is coming to us once again to boost our faith. And they give this really cool little note that, so then then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them what referred to him in all the scriptures. And then as they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on further. That's, I love that. But they urged him, stay with us for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. And happening that, and it and it happened that while he was staying with them at the table, he took the bread in his venerable and holy mm-hmm. hands and blessing it and broke it and gave it to them. Mm-hmm. That's those are the words of the consecration. That's exactly the words of the consecration. And with that, their eyes were open and they recognized him. Mm. And, but then he vanished from their sight. Yes, and they're like, and that is that is the first Eucharistic miracle. Yeah, yeah, and like the recognition of God, like going back to the mass. First of all, the order of the mass is, is in this passage too. Yep. You know, um, reading scripture. It's amazing. Like opening yeah. yourself up, mm-hmm. receiving communion. I'm like, 
it's the same, it's the same cyclical thing with us going to mass. It's like your, your eyes, your, the scales are gone from your eyes. You, you, know? you get a, you get scripture and then you recognize him in the bread. Mass in a way is a, is Emmaus. a parallel to the road to Emmaus. It makes yeah. me say, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. All right. So after this kind of playful, but very deeply mystical and Eucharistic uh, appearance on the road to Emmaus, he then appeared finally to St. Peter, mm-hmm. to our first Pope, to the head of the apostles. And this is a very brief passage. All it says in scripture is the Lord has truly been raised and he has appeared to Simon. And, but I think that that's very, very symbolic that after kind of taking care of some, some business, taking care of the women who were consoled, appearing to his mother, and then establishing a Eucharistic precedence, then our Lord took to the business of really appearing to to the Pope. That's that's amazing to me. It really is. And, and it shows the primacy of Peter. It shows the importance of who he is mm-hmm. in relationship to all the apostles and the foundation of the church. Mm-hmm. We think upon you know, we think upon the the word Petrus and, and who Peter is, and you are this rock that I will build my church upon. You know, you you see how important it is for Peter to have that encounter in that manner. And again, you go back to the relief mm-hmm. and the joy and the love, right? Because mm-hmm. we talked about with Mary and with everybody here, when they're, when they're, you know, the, the scales were lifted from their eyes, you, you know, you think about, you know, him uh, denying Christ three times, mm-hmm. right? And and then that's kind of like his exit. Yeah, I, I almost want, I almost feel like that was maybe, and I, this is complete conjecture, but that was almost like Christ giving St. Peter um, an opportunity for confession, mm-hmm. you know, that was, and I'd like to think that, that maybe Peter had his confession in that appearance. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so you know brief and not really mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His rememberment, his rememberment. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think of, I think of Peter and the importance of Jesus giving him that opportunity to be able to express his love once again, only shows once again, how merciful Jesus is to us Absolutely, because we always fall short. Each of us do. And we want to grow. We want to, we want to get better, but a lot of times our fear holds us back. And I could see, you know, Peter's fear all throughout the gospel, you know, and his own knowledge of self is sinner. Mm-hmm. Remember when he's like, Jesus, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, you know, and all the way up until this point, now Jesus comes to him once again, and he's, and he's driving his love ever more deeply into the heart of St. Peter, our first Pope. But you, you follow that all the way down to where where Peter is encountered in that road outside of Rome. Yeah, Dominus Clavate. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, where where Jesus meets Peter constantly on this journey to guide him to that greater deposit of love that ultimately led St. Peter to be crucified upside down. Yeah, and, and we're now the Vatican. Yeah, is. and we're going to talk about that a little bit more because he really lays it on him thick a mm-hmm. couple of appearances from now. Yeah, yeah. So... After that, everyone's like, wow, our Lord has appeared to Simon and all the apostles, all the uh, disciples. They, it was buzzing now. Like mm-hmm. it's starting to leak, right? Like how like a news story, like first year, a few reports and then all of a sudden it's everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that's the feeling. It's picking up steam. And it's starting to get spread around Jerusalem. Like he, he's ridden, resurrected. The rumor is getting around. Right. And all the apostles are in one place um, and they're talking about this. Right. And. They're talking like, wow, he appeared to Peter, but then there he was just in their midst. All of a sudden, while they're talking about it, he was there behind locked doors mm-hmm. and Jesus was just there. Now, Thomas was not there. 
Thomas was probably out doing grocery shopping or you know, doing whatever you need to be, but he was not with them. So this is the appearance to the 10 behind closed doors while they were talking about him appearing to Peter. And they said, they were, they freaked out. They're like, oh my God, he's here. Right. And he said, why are you troubled? And why do questions arise in your heart? Look at my hands mm. and look at my feet, that it is myself. Touch me and see. Again, now you're starting to see more of that progression mm-hmm. where it's touch me, where at first don't cling to me, then touch my feet and then look and see. And then he says, look at my hands and feet that it is myself. Touch me and see because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see that I have. Again, denying that idea that the resurrection is going to be purely spiritual, just our soul. It is a flesh and bones, flesh and bones. Um, And then he said this and he showed them his hands and feet. And then while they were just like, Incredulous, it says, and while they were incredulous with joy and were amazed, he asked them, "Do you have anything to eat?" Mm-hmm. Literally, that's what he said to them. "Do you mm-hmm. have anything to eat?" And they gave him a, pa- a piece of baked fish, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. ate it in front of them. <laughs> and I, that, I can't. Well, I can't help but think of you know when we do consider what is the resurre- resurrected body able to do. You know, to move at the speed of thought, and mm-hmm. and now that there is a sense of enjoying a meal. As well, you know, mm. when you think of banquet, you know, will there be a banquet and have physically eat in physically heaven? in heaven? Yes, he ate baked fish. He mm. ate baked fish. So some good fish. And and you Wait, just I thought we had an episode where animals don't go to heaven. So. And he's eating Let's bait. not start that. <laughs> so, wait, so if there's fish in heaven, <laughs> then there must be dogs. <laughs> so then do the fish that go into heaven, that get eaten, that were in heaven, then go right back to heaven? And it's just like, <laughs> do this recycle and just keep it. Uh, recycle, recycle, recycle. Now. The mind boggles at the opportunities. Oh but no, you did like the, and the, see how your whole concept now, Shield, is just falling apart. Oh, that dogs man. are not at, we, we, we shouldn't go there. We, we let's not go there, but I'm just saying. Episode. I'm just saying. Hey, look, anyway, I'm, look I'm just saying fish are food, not friends. Okay. <laughs> there was a lady that came up to me on the side, you know, cause I said that Dachshunds don't go to heaven. <laughs> you know, she came in and she showed me a picture of her dog listening to the show. Oh, That's cute. <laughs> the, you know, and she's like, come on father. That's I said, cute. okay, that one's allowed. That so again, cute. right after eating this fish, he gives them again, a explanation of the scriptures and tells them all these things. And I think this is arming them. Like, Okay, you you were with me, but you didn't quite get mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And then you saw me resurrected. Let me connect the, the dots for you. I'm, let me properly catechize you. Look at scripture and look at tradition and look at what actually happened, mm-hmm. reality and historical events. Tie them all together so that when you, I'm sending you forth, it all makes sense and you can explain it to others. Mm-hmm. It, it was a training period. It was mm-hmm. really amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah. the training that ultimately leads up to the Great Commission. Yes. Right. You know, right. Pentecost. So mm-hmm. this was the appearance of the 10 because St. Thomas was out grocery shopping yeah. or getting the car wash or whatever people yeah. do in Jerusalem in the first century. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't there. So <laughs> this is, I think, probably the most famous appearance uh, for most Catholics on the street of the right. resurrected Christ. And that is Doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I take exception to the nicknamed Doubting Thomas, because Thomas was a lion of faith. Oh, yeah. He was one of the apostles. He traveled all over the world and suffered an incredible, torturous death. Uh, He's the patron of India. I mean, he made it all the way to India in the first Mm -hmm. century on foot and ultimately was killed there. But he had one moment of doubt that any one of you people Mm -hmm. would have had too. Mm -hmm. And I know I would have, and everyone did besides Mary. 
But he's always nicknamed Doubting Thomas when in his faith is stronger. Yeah. His faith is stronger than I could ever even hope mm-hmm. to come to. Mm-hmm. So, but in this appearance, he said Thomas, you know, hey, do you believe me? Did you believe in me now because you've seen? Come here, stick your hand in my side, mm-hmm. stick your finger in the holes in my hands, and mm-hmm. uh, that is just such a powerful image of the actual apostles really encountering the physical resurrected. And I think that's the moment most people think of post-resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, when I was going through my discernment process, you know, God was very generous and gracious to me initially, which sent me into the seminary to study and discern to become a priest. But I was struggling with so many doubts, man, just so many doubts. And God, looking at it from a different scope now and a perspective, just kind of looking over those, you know, 10 years or whatever that I was really following the Lord and, and trying to do, you know, what I, what I could to, to pursue priesthood because I felt called to it. Um, but I needed to go to the tomb of St. Thomas. There's no question in my mind. I needed to be there and I needed to encounter in my doubt, Jesus saying like, look, you're not alone in, in your doubts. And Thomas is here with you. And Thomas is my, I have a little brother, Thomas. But, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but, you know, like, and and <laughs> next to the Lord, I mean, I just, I love him so much. But, um, yeah, like, I I couldn't have stepped further without him. Yeah. You know, and doubts, doubts are regular to our journey, you know, in everything, even in, even in marriages with family, with work, with, you know, our faith journey. But it's crippling sometimes. Yeah, it is crippling sometimes. Yeah. But but you know the power of the Lord and and the intercession of the saints and seeing people like Thomas who move through their doubt into one of the greatest deposits of faith and the most courageous actions of evangelization ever recorded. You know it, it's it's something special. So God can do something through your doubt that you're struggling with now as well. Yeah, yeah and I look at like Peter too. You know these guys they bring. I mean, there's part of it. It just brings a lot of hope to oh, your yeah. to your Christian faith. Right. So you, mm-hmm. absolutely. you know, life is full of a lot of things. And, you know, you look at someone like Peter and you're like, man, if Peter could do this, mm-hmm. if Peter can, can, you know, doubt, I mean, I just, I can't imagine just, you just can't imagine like doing that, walking with Jesus. So mm-hmm. like, we're not even like physically walking around mm-hmm. with him, hanging mm-hmm. out with him, gazing upon mm-hmm. him every day. Mm-hmm. Right. We, you do, you're at, you're at mass and you mm-hmm. celebrate mass, but you know, you, you got to rejoin with him in the mass. You have to take all these struggles like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I, I get a lot of hope from these guys, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that, that even the resurrected Christ, like it, it's is, okay to have doubts. Everyone has doubts there. If you, if you've never had doubt in your Christian faith, you might not have been exploring it deep enough and, and doubts happen. It's completely understandable. And if you ever do experience doubts, that's not that's not sinful. That's human nature. Even even the popes and uh, they, they all have Teresa doubts. Teresa of Calcutta, dude. Like, yeah, she lived yeah. in darkness and doubts, oh, but Lord. it's okay. I, mm-hmm. and, and there you yeah. see like the resurrected body of Christ, and you still have doubts. Like that's best living proof of mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Blessed yeah. are they who have believed and not seen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So the next appearance, and now this one is my personal favorite. This feels like the happy, the, the epilogue, you know, and that's even how that's kind of titled in the Gospel of John. So everyone, you know, you should get this out and you should read John 21. Just read the whole thing and take you a couple minutes. And it's just so powerful. But this is the third appearance to the apostles. So it says that Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, uh, sons of Zebedee, so John and James, and uh, two other disciples not named were fishing in the Sea of Tiberias. 
And they went out and Peter's like, I'm going to go fishing. And they're like, we'll come with you. So they're out there fishing. They're fishing all night and they didn't caught nothing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, seems to happen to them a lot. You know, for fishermen, they didn't seem. <laughs> they weren't that great at it. <laughs> no, they actually were. Some of them, like John and James, they had a, their father had a really pretty booming. Good yeah. 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 Well, when you went in that time, when you have multiple boats, boats you were banking. Yeah. yeah. You were a baller on the Sea of Galilee. You like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, you start shrimping. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, that has nothing on the Cantalita wine mixer. (laughs) (laughs) So they're out there fishing all night and they didn't catch anything. And they see this guy on the shore. They don't recognize him. He's like, he tells them, look, cast the night, cast your net to the right side of the ship. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then they cast it over and they pulled in so many fish that they couldn't even pull the net out. Like, and then all of a sudden, uh, Peter recognizes Jesus, mm-hmm. and it says something that I really like, and this is very, I see a lot of similarities in Peter to you, just this good-natured impetuousness, just immediately willing to jump in, right? So it says that Peter was lightly clad, and what he did is he tucked in his garments and jumped out of the boat and swam to the shore. And the other apostles are like, dude, just let's row to the shore. But not <laughs> Peter. He jumped in head first and went swimming after her. That's very much like you. Mm-hmm. And and you think you know he's leaving the rest of the the guys the in the boat yep. to pull in the fish, which is going to take some time. And he's just like, yeah. I'm not a details guy. Someone else do it. Yeah. I'm going to see Jesus. <laughs> that's that's totally you, dude. Yeah. That is totally that's you. The CEO coming that's out. So, of me. That's so funny, man. <laughs> so, but can I, I can I just say like think about that? Yeah. Where Peter cyclically as well, because we're talking about the circles, mm-hmm. you know. But that's how Jesus first called him from the boat. To make him a fisher of man. Uh-huh. And then right back at it again, Jesus goes to that same exact place where everything started. Goosebumps again. <laughs> and then they're not Dolly Parton goosebumps. No, they're not. They're way better. And that's why, you know, like the the trepidation of Peter at first was like, you know, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I shouldn't follow you. I shouldn't be going into right. this, you know? And I've I've said that plenty of times in my life. I yeah. shouldn't be here. I shouldn't me be a too. priest. I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. But Jesus continuing to to call and and guiding him through that own self-deprecation, you know, and, and then he starts following Jesus. And we know how many times Peter had his foot and mouth syndrome moments. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, all the way up Another to this way point. way that he's like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all the way up until the point where now what we're talking about at the end of John's gospel, where Jesus comes back to him in similar fashion, like he goes to the shores, he's in the boat once again fishing. He, you know, he's not catching anything, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, what that, what that experience was for Peter. Think about that. You know, he catches this great catch. He knows immediately it's the Lord. He tucks in his garments, he jumps into the sea and he, he just flies to the shore. And it's like that sense of what was once trepidation in Peter, like that fear of following the Lord now is replaced with enthusiasm. Jumping in head first. Jumping in head first. And now he's off to the races, to the shores. And, and that enthusiasm is what animates the church. Mm. That's what animates the successors of Peter. That's what animates evangelization at its core. And that's what we need to be about. Not just, you know, not just us at the, at the Catholic Catholic talk show, but also all of our viewers and all of the people listening, we are all called like Peter to dive headfirst into the new evangelization. 
And we have such a powerful message to be able to package and send out. And the fact that our fears, our trepidation is being replaced by this encountered love of the resurrected Christ and being commissioned, therefore, without fear to go forward into life, proclaiming that beautiful news. I wouldn't want to do anything else with our lives. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I love that when they, so it, they said in the gospel that it was about a hundred yards. So yeah. Peter swam a hundred yards Ooh, and the other fish, you know, the other, the other apostles come in with the boat and they dragged the shore and they now recognize Jesus. They said, they saw that he had already had a charcoal fire going yeah. and he said, bring some of those fish over and he made the apostles breakfast. Nice. And that's just such a serene. So, you know, it'd be dawn mm-hmm. and they're cooking breakfast on the shore and it's just like dudes hanging out and mm-hmm. just having breakfast, eating fish and bread. And then there's a church that called the church of the coals mm-hmm. and it's on that spot. And it's one of my bucket list place. I want to go there. Cause to me, that is one of the, that's a, I think that's my, actually my second favorite passage of the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. It's just that idea of being on that shore and having that, having that peaceful moment with the resurrected Christ. You and know that, you want Jesus cooking you breakfast, bro. That's you know probably going to be? be good, oh, man. Well, well, that's the thing I think of too, is you know, all throughout the scriptures and all throughout our life, we get different foretastes, yeah. you know, and foreshadowing goes on. And you think about, you know, what is that banquet going to be? Well, Jesus gives us a sense of what it is going to be mm. by this fireside That's breakfast. Cool. And then he's talking to Peter. He's like, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know, I do. Peter, do you love me? You know, feed my sheep, take care of my sheep. This is really that church of the coals is also known as the church of the primacy of Peter. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I just love that whole scene. And then where they're talking about St. John and, and one day you're going to be to Peter, you're going to be dragged away and changed to somewhere you don't want to go. And he's telling him this. It's just, it's such a powerful scene in the gospels. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. let's move on to the next appearance. So the next one is the great commission. So there's, there's a little bit of chronological debate as to if the great commission and the ascension happened at the same time, because they appear in separate places in the gospel, but the, he appeared to the 11 on the, on a mountain, painfully the 11, not the 12, mm-hmm. you know, that really is called out to recall that Judas was, you know, the, the traitor, but he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things they have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Hmm. He didn't say nothing about the Bible. (laughs) 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 Is that in the Bible? Wait, okay. I think it's very clear. And the important thing that like to talk about dispelling some of the more fundamentalists who attack the church is that it is very clear here, the Trinitarian formula of the baptism in the great commission. Mm Yeah. And I use in, in baptism, you have options for different gospels. I, always mm-hmm. use that gospel. I know that because you baptize two of my babies. I, <laughs> I 100% of the time yeah. use that scriptural reference yeah. because the promise, I will be with you always until the end of, I get choked up. So, and you oh saw me. I mean, yeah, I you, yeah. So you're a much Our listeners, bro. during the baptism of Ryan's son, Raphael, <laughs> Uh, Father Rich, who we all know is weepy, and he's the patron saint of handkerchiefs, <laughs> handkerchiefs actually cried while doing the baptism. Oh and it, it, was, it was pretty moving. It Baptisms was, are powerful. Yeah. You, you actually... He feels so deeply. He's but, such a good priest. Yeah, but like... He, I, wish I, felt, <laughs> I, I wish I had half the emotional depth as you, but I'm dead yeah. inside. Yeah, you, you actually opened my eyes up about yeah. baptism a lot more. 
uh, just, yeah, the, the experience of it mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. just the joy of it. Yeah, I think I always fall short of like trying to preach or explain yeah. it, yeah. but experiencing it together, like it was just, <laughs> oh, man, there's nothing like that. So the next two appearances, they're only actually recorded in the letter of uh, 1 Corinthians of St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And St. Paul is kind of giving a, a dissertation on the resurrected Christ. And he's saying all these appearances, and these are these next two appearances are the only times that these ones are mentioned. So one, he says, um, after that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers at once, most of whom are still living, <laughs> though some have fallen asleep. Mm. So this one, this is probably the, the largest group he appeared to is 500 believers at once. This was not people yeah. saying, oh, but he appeared to me behind closed doors. This was open, public, and widely available. I mean, 500 people at that time was a substantial crowd. You couldn't get 500 people in one place without people noticing it. And to have the resurrected Christ there was a very powerful, public, in-your-face, take-it-Romans, this happened, Mm -hmm. right? This was not behind locked doors. This was not where people just like um, conspiracy saying, let's just say he appeared to us. No, this was open and public. This was front page news, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Galilee think of Our Lady, times. I think yeah. of Our Lady of Fatima too, yeah. you know, like the, yeah. that revelation. And that was, that was a lot more than a lot 500. more than 500. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, it, that's, so that's only in first Corinthians, but that is a very powerful, um, apparition, uh, but the appearances, but it's also important to note that he specifically says most of these brothers are still alive. Some have fallen asleep. So there's two things that can be unpacked there. Number one, Go ask them. Yeah. Don't you know you mm-hmm. don't believe me? Look, there's almost 500 people who've seen it. Go Take ask their them. Take word for it. But then it also tells some of them have fallen asleep. That it also shows that there wasn't, as some people say, detractors of the church, that in the early church, that it was a cult where everyone thought Jesus would return immediately. They fully recognized that the bridegroom could be long delayed and that people would die. It wasn't something immediately like they maybe some atheists nap. say. They, they did die and there was still hope, even though they died. It wasn't where he was going to come back and smite the Romans like next week, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it shows kind of that us, even 2,000 years later... Some of us have fallen asleep and will, but he appeared, so it's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then in that same gospel uh, letter of the Corinthians, he also says that he appeared to St. James. Now, St. James was the bishop of Jerusalem. He was the first bishop of Jerusalem. So again, it's that passing of authority. So he's one of the only in, the, in all of the New Testament where they say he specifically appeared to one person. So Peter giving that... Um, that papal recognition, and then James giving that local uh, bishop kind of commission. Um, and then there's also the tradition that he appeared singularly to St. Joseph of Arimathea, which was his pallbearer and essentially Jesus' benefactor who bankrolled his earthly ministry. Mm-hmm. Isn't it a shame? I, I can't help but think about this, but isn't it a shame that the letter of St. James is stricken from Bibles? And he's like the first bishop of Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of an important position. And, you know, we look at St. Peter's writings in the in the scriptures and, yeah. and how important they are. I know when I need encouragement, I, I turn to the letter of St. Peter. But, you know, James as well, you know, the, the well, James is that, too Catholic for some people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, and it, it flies in the face of what they want to avoid. And they want to avoid having that um, 
having that recognition that maybe the Catholic Church is really where you should be. Mm-hmm. So it's easier mm-hmm. to avoid. But yeah, it is total yeah. shame. Thank God for the Bishop of Jerusalem being so Catholic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now we get to that last appearance of our Lord, mm-hmm. and that is the Ascension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, again, I think the Ascension doesn't get enough... Uh, enough uh, love from us Catholics. I think that after Easter, it's been 40 days and we kind of fizzle out a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I think the Ascension really needs to be uh, regaled with great festivals just as much as Easter does. It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, not as much as Easter, but it needs to have that same kind of fervor that this is a very, very important feast. Mm -hmm. I love that image of Christ in the Ascension. You know, we could just kind of put that on a platform and have Italians run with that. Like, rush with that, you know, (laughs) you guys will run with anything. (laughs) So again, with your plantar fasciitis, I don't know if you're going to be running too fast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you know, have you ever been to the, uh, uh, for the, the church of the Ascension? Where, where is the church of the Ascension? It's in Palestine. Is it? Yeah. I, it was weird. I went, when I was there, I went up, I went up there and, and it's, and it's a hospital. Really? It's a hospital. I I don't know that it's, you can go in the, in there, Palestinian hospital. My wife and I got dropped off. It was on Google maps. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, doing my tour with her. Walked down the street, um, mm-hmm. met met a, a chic guy, and he g- gave us coffee and pointed us in the direction. And it's just like this little tiny church, this mm. Ascension Rock. So I, I'm not really well, see, I think well it, versed on that particular yeah. area of the. I think there's a few competing churches right. that will say that this is the this point is of the. the right, yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not as hard coded into. So, but it, it says in the gospel that it's not far from Bethany. Um, a village on the Mount of Olives, so not yeah. far from there. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. So now, all this is like really close together. Yeah. Well, this and that's where they say for the second coming, he's going to be, he's going to come up over that hill. You know where that, um, yep. Beyond as the hill ascends, mm-hmm. where the Mount of Olives is, and you have that huge cemetery. Uh, cemetery. Mm-hmm. That's such a cool place to it pray, cool. by the way. Yeah. Um, but he's going to come up over the ridge of wow. that of that mountain. That's where he's going to appear uh, for the judgment. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, though, I, I can't imagine that. It makes sense that he would ascend there. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I just can't imagine that the how the apostles then felt afterwards. Mm-hmm. After like first he was crucified, then he came back to us, and now he's going away. Where they're like, was this? Is he going to come back again? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if they were left in like like limbo of is he coming back or mm-hmm. if they knew definitively like, all right, guys, it's, it's time to go, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's kind of another show like on Pentecost and, yeah. and the time before, you know, I, well, coming on the whole how, yeah, how long was it from the Ascension to Pentecost? Like mm-hmm. in reality, right? Mm-hmm. Like well, how I long? think Pentecost is 50 days. So it would have been 10 mm-hmm. days later from the 10 Ascension. Days later. Gotcha. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I mean, it's a whole nother show. And then these are things, you know, we wanted to do this show so that people could really ponder yeah. The resurrected Christ, not the Christ that seems to so many people distant and in heaven and not the Christ of his earthly ministry or the Christ even of the passion and the moment of the resurrection, but mm-hmm. actually the subsequent 40 days, the inversion of the 40 days lost in the desert. This is the 40 days of a renewed Garden of Eden almost where mm-hmm. Christ and God is on you know, earth with us in a transfigured and fully resurrected way. And in these mystical encounters that, that we've discussed today, we could see that in, in moments, Jesus is disguising himself in different ways where he's not, 
visible to his beholder uh, in the same way, you know, mm-hmm. and, and this resurrected state is different and there are different things that Jesus can do now. But the point that I, I want to kind of conclude with is Jesus disguised in our midst still today. Amen. And Mother Teresa lived that out so beautifully and spoke about that so eloquently because the dis- this disfigured face of the poor, you know, that we could find Jesus in our midst still. And Jesus is still speaking to the hearts of men and women throughout every nation, inspiring this greater vocation to holiness and to giving our lives to this, this mode of evangelization that we're called to, the greatest work that we could ever do in this world. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I don't have an inquisition because you guys are being no, merciful. No, this is this, this is, is the octave, this is the octave of Easter, bro. No, no. no, the only inquisition is: can you? Why don't you tell everyone how they can get uh, some more from us? Well, my friends, if you could join us on CatholicTalkShow.com, make sure that you're subscribing. And please, you know, you could get more of our ministry moving forward as you join Patreon app, the Patreon app, and go to Patreon.com forward slash the Catholic Talk Show. And that's a way that you could support us and we could support you. And we will continue to grow together in our fellowship of faith so that we may truly draw together when two or three are gathered in my name. Jesus is there. So in that mystical way, let us encounter the Lord and and continue to help one another grow and build up this body of body of Christ that we call the church. Yeah. Amen. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy, Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Thanks hey, for listening. Absolutely. And we are an Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. Right, St. Augustine? That's right. Christ <laughs> is risen. <laughs> alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia.